The CSI fondue right there. I know. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're taking inventory on Marvel shows, whether it's uh, TV it's or streaming. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember I had parents uh, and they had uh, they just had kind of like normal office jobs growing up and there was always like the random weekend where they wouldn't be at home because they'd be doing like inventory at their business and I never knew what it was but I was like they probably hate it because they have to leave on a Saturday and go count shit at work. That, so. <laughs> that is my least favorite part of shopping at a store's inventory season because mm-hmm. everything's stickers over stickers over stickers and you're like I don't know what the price is I'm just going to leave right now before I get in trouble. Man, we're, we're not even through the, the intro of the show, and I'm already dropping S-bombs, so let's keep this rolling. Exactly. So we're going to talk about a Knights of the Old Republic remaster, Mike. Do you ever play this game? Uh, I'm familiar, but I have not played. But I, <laughs> fun story, I played like the first hour on my flight out to San Diego Comic-Con this year. Oh, wow. On my iPad. Um, Doctor Strange could introduce two comic characters to the MCU and more. And more, you know, if uh, if we, <laughs> I made you blurt out what you had for lunch just before we started. Uh, you did. It caught me off guard. Uh, but I but I realized uh, it was Taco Bell, by the way. But if we ever had like a Taco Bell sponsorship, we could we could say right in the intro of the show, we could drop the sponsor where we say we love TV, movies, Taco Bell, and superheroes. So let's talk it out. So all yeah. the brands out there, if you want to be incorporated into the intro dialogue of the podcast, just let us know. I will I will agree as I drink my Jose Cuervo margarita mix with. Grand Marnier mixed in, which is <laughs> which Mike informed me is known as a Cadillac margarita. Yeah. Now the the question is: Is this margarita mix that has alcohol in it, or is yes. this like the mix that you add to the tequila? I'm, I'm not. No, I didn't buy it separately. I, uh, oh my god! Because that would have been hilarious. Because you just would have basically had like sugar lime juice that you put like orange liquor into. Like, wow. Okay. But it I'm glad all, it has. I'm it glad it has tequila. Together. Yeah, I'm glad it has tequila in there for you. But, uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna sugar coma during the during the show. No, uh, oh man, what what have you been up to, Chris? This man, week? this weekend I went out of my way, and I'm doing what people are gonna call you know pointing point me and yell shame. My first episode of Star Trek ever. Wow, I've watched the movies, but mm-hmm. that's you know that's separate. But I watched my first TV episode of Star Trek ever this weekend with the premiere episode of Picard. Um, Picard. All right. So you're basically going in with only kind of cultural knowledge of the character. You know, that's the that's the kind of the pluses of Star Trek. It's such a a widely known property that you could pick up an episode that you've never seen and you get it. You know, you get that they're in space. They're exploring there. There's usually some sort of diplomatic purpose. Uh, He loves his Earl Grey tea. I'll tell you that right now. That's that's (laughs) what I know. Um but, you know, I again, what's interesting, even though I've watched the movies, those are all, you know, again, a, a different universe, quote unquote, of the original series of Star Trek. And this is essentially a sequel to the Next Generation series, which mm-hmm. is beloved by many people. Um, and he's like, he's uh, Picard's like older now, so are people calling it like the next, next generation? Yeah. Because uh, he's already lived through the one in between. Exactly. And, you know, there are, from what I've seen so far, references to his 
points when they did the Star Trek Next Generation movies, even. Like, mm-hmm. apparently this this picks up from the movies. I believe the one that had Tom Hardy in it. Um, yeah, I've, see, I've seen a couple of the Next Gen movies just because... You know, once a, once a TV show gets big enough in the 90s, you know, you might be lucky enough to get a movie and then you might get lucky enough to to wa- to get like an 11 or 12 year old like me yeah. to watch it. And uh, me and my brother don't don't really know what the difference is. We're just like, oh, Star Wars has movies. Star Trek has movies. Now let's watch those. So I don't ever really remember what was what, what was going on. But I was like, oh, science fiction with a budget on screen. This is fun. There are spaceships and lasers at some point. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, not knowing this, you know, only knowing things, you know, this does a great job introducing me to this new world, um, what the characters are while still leaving some mystery to it. And I will tell you, I had a really, um, good time watching it. I like a good sci-fi story. It doesn't do any, I'm going to tell you right now, there are no, um, spaceships in the first episode because it's got to set up the premise mm-hmm. for the show. Could you tell that since you're somebody that doesn't know all of the lore um, 100%, could you tell that there's moments that were shot to be like, oh, look at this reference, and then you're watching it going like, I don't know what this reference oh, is. Oh, there are so many references all over the place. <laughs> uh, at one point, there's this, a banner that's called Picard Day, and I assume that, and, and I had to look this up afterwards, there's an episode from the next generation where they do with Picard Day. <laughs> um, and then there's even characters drop, name drop that are, you know, dealing with epi- like large, very, very popular episodes of The Next Generation. So I didn't mind doing the research afterwards, but mm. I, I'll tell you, like this does great building a lot of character without... And, and there are action pieces, I will tell you that 100%, without being like, hey, you've seen Star Trek because you're watching this. Here, here's stuff you're never going to understand. So yeah. I, I had a good time. So I don't really want to spoil it necessarily yeah. for anybody that wants to watch it, but is this kind of like one of those like get the old hero out of retirement for one last ride type of deal? Uh, it's close, but not not like you know. It, it doesn't feel like someone's coming to get him out of retirement. It's like he has to do something. Oh, okay, uh, it's a little different, but yeah, he he has been retired and working at a vineyard forever, so he is. Drinking wine left. Knows a lot about grapes. All right. Well, he should have a a healthy heart if he's getting his like one glass of red wine a day. I mean, Patrick Stewart's up there in age, man. I mean, he he uh he's 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 pulling out all his stuff uh, for this one. So I had a a really good time with it. And if you've never seen Star Trek, I'd recommend you know watching the first episode, giving that free trial of CBS All Access or whatever, and and giving it a go. But I mean, I I plan to maybe catch up with this with more episodes come. Maybe not weekly, but you know when it's when it's all compiled to. To watch this season it was very intriguing you're basically saying uh i'll get there when i get there yeah pretty much don't rush me man i haven't watched the next generation yet and that's how old 30 years so <laughs> uh speaking uh speaking of intriguing uh I, you dropped like this bomb on me uh just before we started uh recording and no it wasn't what you had for lunch uh this life hack that was never <laughs> yeah. even on my radar so i forced you to put it in the intro of the show here because yeah. the pe- the people have to know chris tell them what this is so um, I'm 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 getting up there in age, Mike. You know, I turned 33 <laughs> this year, and some of the best parts about being an adult is getting excited about new appliances in your house. Mm-hmm. And I took the plunge yesterday and got my first um, instant pot. You know, to try this thing out. And to couple with that, I was like, you know what? The next thing I need an air fryer, uh, <laughs> but they are expensive uh, as all can be. And, you this know, man I, you know, has countertop space. That's what he's trying to tell you. Exactly. I need to. I need to do toast, and I don't have a toaster. Okay. So I'm, what's the best thing I can do with that? Not buy a toaster. Buy an air fryer. There you uh, go. With a baker. But anyway, so I went and looking at prices, and that, before I know it, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get this at. Uh, I end up purchasing at Kohl's, 
and I was looking online, you know, retail me not for coupons, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. To get the best coupons, you go to eBay, Mike. You go to yeah. eBay and you buy those high dollar, high percentage coupons for like $3. This and- blew my mind because the, these people on eBay, they must be like hardcore eBay users because like like you just said, like you're buying like an, a virtual item for like maybe a dollar to like maybe – I think the – I looked it up too. Maybe the most expensive one was like five bucks. And it's just like if I had a coupon for 40% off Kohl's, I would have just thrown it away if I didn't – if I wasn't going to use it. I would never have thought to put it on eBay just to make a couple bucks. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this not doesn't just work for Kohl's. Like, again, I bought most of my large high-dollar electronics like my, my Macs and stuff like that from Best Buy using coupons I purchased online. And now they are, I will tell you, they are seasonal, as, as I explained to Mike beforehand. Like the before school coupons for those student accounts, those go mm-hmm. up right in the middle of summer. And that's the best time to get those. But like right wow. now, it's kind of a, a drought on those. But like mm-hmm. if you if you were looking smart, just browse on over to eBay, type it in, see if you get any coupon codes. Maybe save, you might spend a couple bucks, but you're going to save yourself more in the long run. Mm-hmm. And th- this is a tangential, I think, uh, life hack uh, to go along with this of basically using things that people don't need uh, is uh, there's a lot of uh, universities out there that offer like free Adobe Creative Suites to their students. So if you, if you happen to know somebody that's at a university that maybe they're like in a business degree or a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical degree or something like that. And they, they literally will never need Adobe creative suite. Just like ask them if you can just have their license for Adobe. I, I did that before back in the past. So don't let all those digital codes go to waste because uh, they're out there in the world. Yeah. It, it's non tangential items that you can get for free kind mm-hmm. of, or at least a huge discount. So that's, that's my life hack for the week, Mike or, or month or year. Maybe I don't start your 2020 off. Right. Save yourself some cash. What um, a great life hack. I know. In fact, I'm so excited for these appliances. I'm going to be using them to cook for the Super Bowl next oh weekend. Oh, my gosh. This is uh, one of the best parts about the Super Bowl is the week beforehand when we can just talk about all the snacks that we're going to eat there because we're we're very snack-forward people. <laughs> we love our salty. We love our sweet. We love our chewy or caramel or cheesy, yeah. ooey-gooey. Um but with the Super Bowl on the horizon, Chris, I wanted to ask you something because you have a local commercial that you helped produce that's going to be airing in your region, correct? Yeah, actually, it's actually more like seven commercials, but yes. We have one large one during the game locally, and then I have a couple others spread throughout the day. But yeah. So, so my question was, I want to know what the region is because I went through this whole debacle where I bought a TV antenna specifically just to watch Fox so I could watch the Super Bowl. And I only need like a TV antenna like two or three times a year to watch the Oscars, to watch the Super Bowl, and like maybe the Emmys slash Golden Globes slash Thanksgiving Parade. Uh, so I don't really need an antenna. Like I'm going to plug it in and take it down. But for some weird reason, the only channel, local channel I couldn't get um, from my place was Fox. So it was very infuriating. So basically what I'm going to end up doing is just doing a free trial to some sort of uh, TV uh, streaming local channel service like I did before in the past. But I was asking you about your commercial and what region it's going to be in because usually when you set these things up, uh, you can tell them where you live so you kind of get the appropriate commercials. So I'm just like, hell, I'm just going to tell this streaming TV service that I'm down in Louisville so I can see Chris's commercial. Yeah, so um, we so we have a, our local Fox channel is WDRB. Uh, mm-hmm. been 41 since I was young because uh, <laughs> I, I live, you know, um, I grew up an hour 
little hour and a half away from where I live uh, in my, my parents' house, and we get 41, uh, you know, this Fox channel very, very clearly there. Um, our region is going to be, again, um, southern Indiana and central, northern and central Kentucky, but apparently um, we have some, uh, they have an affiliation with another site that replays it in Evansville, Indiana. Ooh. So we will actually have like the majority of southern the southern line of Indiana and central Kentucky coverage uh, coming up. Well, there you go, listeners. Week. If you if anybody out there is straddling the line between the Midwest and the South, <laughs> and you possibly get this channel, if you see a commercial out there that has horses and magnets, that's basically Chris's. Uh, well, that's uh, Chris's child. There, <laughs> we we, we have we have a sports one actually for for this because it's football and athletes, and then we have a, a comedy one for a clinic opening, uh, which will be during the Super Bowl. At, I think it's 8.19 p.m. Uh, is what they gave me for the time code. So All right. Well, that that's like what – is that would be after halftime, I think? Because uh, uh, kickoff's usually around like 6, between 5 and 6, right? It, it's 6 o'clock, um, and if they're going to drag it, I assume it's going to be right before halftime. Mm, I mean, two okay. hours, 8.19, zoom, we're getting, you know – I mean, I'm, I'm excited for the commercials. I don't know what's coming next week, and that's mm-hmm. like thrilling. So, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of kind of what we're doing next week. And then I, I'm sorry your digital antenna doesn't work, Mike. That's, like, that's a it, it's that's such a, a experience. Bu- it's just a, it's so frustrating because I think the last time I bought an antenna that somehow had gotten lost over the years, I specifically bought it to watch ABC. And at our last place we lived, the one channel I couldn't get was ABC. So like I was inconsolable like two days ago uh trying to put this antenna in but uh all of that uh all of that being considered uh let us know out there what your favorite super bowl snack is because we love loading up i'm gonna be making some fondue because that stuff is delicious do you Uh, fondue oh i fondue. that's a captain america reference uh it's always good to dip uh to dip bread in fondue, but also go crazy and put fruits in your fondue because uh, fruits and cheeses uh, go together very well. So that's my my tip for your Super Bowl party. Well, Mike's life hack right there. He had, <laughs> he added he added to this. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna try this air fried and do wings, um, like like a non deep fried wing, like a like a very nice baked wing. So, uh, wish me luck on that, Mike. If you have any I, sauces I, you like, let me know. I might try a couple uh, of sauces. Okay, one last <laughs> one last life life hack. Not a hack, but one last uh, pro tip before we roll into the news here. Um, I, uh, I I researched what the best blue cheese uh, dressing is for wings because I wasn't about to make it. I'm not going to go out and buy a block of blue cheese and uh, mix it with cream or ranch or whatever you're supposed to do and let it set, blah, blah, blah. That's way too much... Um, way too much work but i've been burned by poor blue cheese salad dressing choices at the grocery store because sometimes they'll just be like way too tangy or like oh this isn't for dipping this is for like a weird salad experience wishbone blue cheese dressing is by far the primo best blue cheese dressing when it comes to like wings it's usually pretty cheap it's not too hard to find so if you want blue cheese dressing with any mm-hmm. of your super bowl snacks go wishbone the best brand i will uh, i will back that up all day very educational show on PBS as well um, with, with little dog, but <laughs> there you go. Um, so yeah, so that, that's our food. That's for Super Bowl. That's for next week. We'll talk about some of that stuff as we get closer, but um, really, really next week. But we're here to talk about some. Most of the the first page of this two page document we're looking at here is Marvel TV stuff that came out this week, and mm-hmm. it sounds like they're moving stuff around, shifting stuff. Some good, some bad. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Is but the first thing to know is that Marvel. Television has now been renamed Marvel TV Studios as it has Ooh. come under Kevin Feige's control. 
Fancy, somebody got a new sign contract and they're seeing seeing that somewhere. Yes, exactly. Right underneath the, the Marvel Studios, Marvel TV Studios. I like <laughs> to imagine it's like a little carrot and someone wrote TV and marker and just like kind of shoved it <laughs> up in there. Um, but uh, also the um, the noting here is that the SVP, Senior Vice President of Marvel Television, uh, Karim Zreich, he is also the SVP of Marvel TV Studios now. And he's making announcements which would normally come from Jeff Loeb when he was doing it. So it looks mm-hmm. like he's going to be maintaining his role as a VP in, in this um, new studio, I guess. Or, I guess, re-evaluation, revamp, reboot? Is this a reboot? I, I don't know. <laughs> reboot everything. Yeah, so um, I, I don't think that's bad. I, I mean, I think it's fine. Like, you know, other than what we had, 20th Century Studios we talked about last week and all this other stuff, so might as well just change it up for the new year, new new decade, so. Mm-hmm. But on that note, the only reason I bring this up is because this was all on the press release for the upcoming TV show, MODOK, which will be mm-hmm. on Hulu. So they add some casting announcements and some other information here. So they will do MODOK as a mental organism designed only for killing, which is what okay. MODOK stands for. Yep. <laughs> uh, they usually change the K around because they don't like the word killing sometimes mm-hmm. in television. Uh, but it looks like it's going to stand. And also, apparently, it's going to be a very comedy light because he's got a wife and kids and he's having a midlife crisis after he runs AIM into the ground. Yeah, yeah, I was under the impression that all of these kind of Hulu animated shows were going to have heavy comedy components Yeah, uh, because uh, uh, they were all supposed to come together at one point in time, so they got to kind of share a similar tone. Yes, and this kind of gives me a vibe of um, what what's that show, Venture Brothers, like the the, the evil uh, organization. Yeah, in there. I love Venture Brothers; such a good show. So the evil organization, like the bee, they wear the bee suits and whatever, is totally, I think, what this, what's going to go with this. Um, and a couple of big names here again: Pat Oswalt. When they announced this way back several months ago, he will be the voice of Modoc, which I, I I can't imagine anyone else doing that voice right now. <laughs> uh, he kind of looks like a life version of Modoc, if, if you yeah. Will. Um, ben Schwartz from um, Parks and Rec will be this character called Lou. Apparently, right. like like a partner kind of thing. Uh, some other big names you might know, Mike uh, Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine Nine will be in this. Uh, Beck Bennett, a Saturday Night Live uh, guy, will be in this. John Daly from Curb Your Enthusiasm, like they've they've pulled out some comedians, some funny people to do these voices. So it looks yeah. like they're not holding back. That is one thing I do remember from when all of these four shows were announced was like every show had like a specific like uh, pull to it. Like Modoc had Patton Oswalt attached. Um, uh, Howard the Duck had Kevin Smith show running. Um, one of these didn't – weren't one of them show run by uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force guy or was that also – that might have been the Hit Monkey possibly. That was the Aqua Teen Hunger Force crew. Um, I don't remember, but they all had kind of a big selling point to it. So uh, I'm glad uh, Pat Oswald is still on board because uh, it seems like he was the big uh, anchor for it. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, this was I mean, this was done, you know, pretty. I think it was like pretty about a year ago. I think it was February of last year is when this came out. It's hard to hard to believe it's been a um, year since then. Um, but I believe it was Howard the Duck was was on the Kevin Smith Smith show, uh-huh. but. Um, that's where the bad news starts, Mike. We've got all these good <laughs> actors, but like the offenders, which was the team up of all these characters, has essentially been canceled indirectly because the Tigra and Dazzler show has been canceled. Um, the showrunner left late 2019, went on hiatus. They're not bringing it back. 
And mm-hmm. Howard the Duck was also canceled. Um, yeah. But they say the character is likely to appear in future projects, whether it's Modoc or something else. I yeah, it just, I don't know. Like, what do you do? Like, it really, like you said, it does seem like The Offenders is kind of canceled because you just kind of, you just uh, you took out the two leg. Of, two of yeah, four. It took out half of the uh, offenders there, uh, which is unfortunate. And then it just makes you think, well, what do you think is going to happen? And, uh, you know, are we going to get one season of uh, Hit Monkey and Modoc, and then, you know, they're done and over with? Um, the only other alternative I could think, if they want to save these characters and try to right the ship, is... Modoc is probably the most popular character. You know, Howard the Duck probably I'd say close second, but Modoc's very well known. Maybe after Hitmonkey's done, uh, maybe all of these characters, like you said, lump back into the Modoc show, and maybe Modoc is the only show that moves uh-huh. forward. But it does kind of seem like they had a really nice thing planned here of an offenders. It's animated. They don't have to worry too much about canon of the live action universe. They can just do whatever they want. They can be offensive. They can be mature. It was going to be on Hulu, so they don't have to worry too much about uh, making little kids frightened on Disney Plus. But it seems like all those plans are down the drain now. Right, and yeah, you know, we we talked about this a little little bit in the week. You know, is it? You I mean you brought up? Is it? You know, because Marvel is an R rated things. I don't think it's that at all. I think Jeff Loeb just makes piss poor choices um and always has uh in the past you know 15 years because i mean you know when, when he even pitched the defenders right you know when they we announced it, that sounded like an awesome idea you know daredevil jessica jones luke cage iron fist well the first two shows were pretty good but guess what second two not so much and then by the time we got to the defenders we were just all so disappointed he couldn't even save itself so is this you know was this something that he just kind of half-heartedly put his money into well, and it also kind of makes me wonder uh, why weren't all the shows canceled? You know, Tigra and Dazzler, it makes sense to cancel it just because production hadn't, hadn't started. So that's the easiest thing to axe. Um, Howard the Duck, it's being held by Kevin Smith, but also Kevin Smith, he, he's he been on the road like the last year with his movie that he, that he just released. And you, you saw it the other week. It's actually digitally released now. So if you want to yeah. watch uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, you can go buy it digitally now. Uh, so they're, they're on the road uh, right now or they're coming off of it soon. And he's, he was also announced that he's working on He-Man uh, or Masters of the Universe, whatever it's called for Netflix. So there's a chance that Howard the Duck maybe hadn't even started. It was probably in some sort of light pre-production. So that's easy to cut too. It makes me think if Modoc, if the wheels weren't already spinning on Modoc, would they have just cut Modoc as well? My thought process is, and tell me, I mean, I could be entirely wrong here, is Modoc will never appear in the MCU. He's a large head in a flying chair with like little bitty arms and legs, right? Modoc would be great for Deadpool in a Deadpool movie or a Deadpool scenario. Yeah. So technically, uh, a tangentially MCU, depending on how it but, moves forward. But not in the real, like life version of, of MCU, right? The, the, the yeah. standard stuff. Modoc won't be chatting with Doctor Strange anytime soon. <laughs> Hit Monkey? Why would you have a monkey assassin in the MCU? Yeah, Hit Monkey seemed like a stretch to begin with. It's just like, okay, well, you know Modoc, you know Howard the Duck, here's some other characters that you don't know, but you'll get to learn and you'll love it, them. Exactly. Those who never appear in the MCU, we can make shows out of them. Howard the Duck? Already in the MCU. Okay. Tiger and Dazzler. Dazzler would be a great X-Men. They've never, ever touched in, in the movies before. So they have the opportunity here to make this not necessarily MCU tangential, but like, hey, you can do whatever you want with these characters because we have no plans to ever bring them to live action. 
for those two. But Howard the Duck exists. Tiger could, you know, we have what was it, the Cheetah Lady and Wonder Woman coming up, and Dazzlers and X Men. We may want to do something with this. How about we'll just cancel these? You can have these two shows. Have some fun with them. Do whatever you want with that. Make us some money. I think overall, this just makes me a little bit worried about Hulu in general. Like, I'm a, I'm a Hulu premium subscriber. I love not having my commercials. You know, I drop $15 a month so I can watch, you know, a lot of stuff that is usually broadcast on television. So I'm not worried about some of the content disappearing because Disney is this gigantic uh, beast that owns half of Hollywood anyway. So, but uh, Peacock just had their like kind of keynote the other week and NBC was showing off all of their new fancy shows and their UI. And if you want to watch The Office, you're going to have to go catch it there. But uh, I watched some NBC stuff over on Hulu. So how much longer is that NBC stuff going to be there? I mean, contractually, it might be obligated to be there for another year or two. But, you know, if Hulu loses all of this NBC stuff and then, you know, they don't seem to really have a strategy for this adult animated stuff at the moment, I'm just kind of worried, like, is the strategy, it's just a dumping ground if it's too mature for Disney Plus and people should just be concerned about Disney Plus. Like, I still want Hulu to be a thing, but I'm worried in the future it's just not going to be a thing anymore. Uh, Hulu's got, Hulu has the benefit of showing new episodes after they come out. Like, it will always be that. Now, do you want to watch things after it's completed and done? Maybe not, but I mean, this is, you know, again, I know you're a big fan of the streaming thing, but like, I hate the idea of multiple streaming services where they've locked down their content now. And I'm like, well, I don't want to go pay to watch a show over here and a show over here. Um, but I don't think Hulu will ever go anywhere. I, don't, I mean, I, this is a Marvel decision, not a Hulu decision. So I think that's where it's the everything's coming from. Well, so. a Marvel, uh, a Marvel, I mean, a Hulu decision is a Disney decision since they have uh, operational control over it. But uh, yeah, we're just mincing words here at the same time. But yeah, it just just it just makes me a little. Uh, it makes me a little worried just because I guess uh, we're still trying to get outside of this Jeff Loeb blast radius, you know, like we just got to get on the other side of it and maybe they can figure out what they're going to do. But um, the future of Marvel animation could be really exciting because it feels like they've in the past that they've just been trying to replicate what DC has done. You know, DC makes these one off mature animated movies. Marvel tried that for a little bit and that didn't last very long. Well, you know, they have like these kid friendly shows on like um, Disney XD that at mo- at best last like two or three seasons. So I'm excited to see where the animated well, side of this goes. And as someone who has all the animated movies, I will tell you the problem is they tried to create new movies from properties that didn't exist, right? Like the Avengers, uh, the next Avengers Heroes of Tomorrow. There's a, a an Iron Man movie where he goes to China for the Mandarin. The Doctor Strange movies is a little different. I think Planet Hulk is the closest we'll ever get to that, but like they never adapted anything people cared about, which is what DC does, and that's why they can be like, yeah, we can make movies about you know uh, Red Sun and all this other stuff all day long. Um, and Marvel's like, yeah, we don't really want to adapt anything from the comic books. We want to make something new, and that just that just always falters in the in the in the long run for animated. So I, I think that's where that benefits, but that's okay because I I think Marvel's live action stuff on Disney Plus is very exciting and I think we're going to see an explosion of this announcements over the next six months as well mm-hmm. um, first and foremost because the first show The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is now reported to debut this August for, for their fall debut here which is awesome that's right mm-hmm. around the corner and we had our first look of them filming with US Agent on set here 
Um, and he looks like just a dude wearing Captain America's helmet, shield, but then some sort of uh, red and blue striped chest uh, or outfit there. Yeah, it looks like he's uh, being trotted out at a press conference. He's on. He's at some sort of looks like official, like maybe a Washington D.C. stair step. Uh, looking at the set, you got like some security guards around him, some like. Uh, possibly army officers in front of the row giving him a clap. So uh, this, I mean, I'm sure the character in the comic books has his own origin, uh, but here it looks like maybe he's going to be a government prop, kind of like how War Machine was early on in the MCU, where it's like, well, this is our Iron Man. Okay, now this is our Captain America. So they have this basically this cap hole in the MCU, and uh, they're going to go ahead and they're going to fill it with their own guy, and you you made a good point because you shared this with uh, the group chat earlier in the week of where did he get that shield? Yeah, if you look closely, this shield's got like it looks like it's got some notches and some extra stuff in the star there. So is it vibranium? Is it just like a stainless steel shield they gave him? Who is it? Is it maybe the real one? Maybe. Maybe they stole it from Bucky or something. I'm, I'm yeah, interested. This kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, oh man, I can't remember any of the characters' names from a couple seasons ago of Agents of the Shield. But they had that one government agent that was like pretending that he was a superhero, that he was an was an inhuman, uh, but he actually wasn't. He was like he was taking like injections of something. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who that guy was, but he was basically he was supposed to be the hero for the government that they were controlling. So that what makes me think is happening here. And then Bucky and um, Falcon are obviously going to be um, you know in the shadows doing like the real work. So. Yeah, uh, I thought it would be cool if maybe they made this shield from, like, melting down some scraps from Ultron, but who knows if they'll ever uh, hearken back to uh, Age of Ultron. Uh, but that yeah. would be kind of cool because he was he was made from vibranium, right? His final, his final form was, yeah. yeah but that, so, blew up, that blew up with the thing, so they have to dig it out of the... Yeah, uh, wreckage, but totally, yeah. totally doable. Or maybe it's like a composite, maybe because like another full vibranium shield. That's a big deal to have in the MCU. There kind of really should only be one of them, and the fact that the only one that exists kind of traveled through time makes it even more special. So maybe this is like a composite. It's like half vibranium, like half titanium. So it is strong, but like the real cap shield could break it. You know, if they well, if they met blows. But but here's the thing: is there two shields? Because if Captain traveled back in time with one. Where was the, I guess the other one was broken in half. What if they took that broken in half one and repaired it? Mm, maybe. I mean, it would be kind of cool if there was like some sort of a weld line down the middle. But I guess okay. if you're trotting out a fancy uh, clean soldier, you don't want a weld line down the middle right. of the shield. <laughs> and and Wakanda's opened its borders, but I don't think they give them any vibranium for a fake Captain America. At least Black Panther wouldn't. So I, I, there's a lot of questions, and I'm excited to see kind of how they do that. But like you mentioned here. You know, he we have him, we have War Machine. The rumor now is that the Thunderbolts team from the comic books will appear. And the Thunderbolts uh, have a couple iterations. They're essentially villains reformed to become heroes, if you will. Um, and one of the versions actually had Norman Osborn leading, like, Wolverine's son dressed up as Wolverine, Venom dressed up as Spider-Man, so you didn't think they were the villains. They just looked like their hero versions. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rumor is also that Thunderbolt Ross, and you know... Um, he's in the Black Widow movie, and what if he's using the blonde-haired Yelena Belova as his first recruit for this um, villain-turned mm, Maybe, possibly. Team? Yeah, there's something going on there. I mean, this is coming out in the fall, so it will be after the Black Widow film. Yes, and there is one huge vague point here. Um, apparently, there's uh, some photographers, set paparazzi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where we get all these. 
Apparently there's a surprise character slash villain on set from one of these uh, reporters who's like known for giving out good information. Because mm-hmm. uh, he also revealed Crossbones was um, in movies and, and Ghost was in movies of Ant-Man. But apparently mm-hmm. they had to Google this character to find out who they were. So apparently we're going to get something we don't even know about yet that hasn't been announced or revealed. Oh, and that must mean that the character must have a, a stark visual look. Yeah. Because if it's just like a person in like a trench coat and like a scar or something like that, that could be anybody. So there's got to be some sort of strong visual component if they were able to even Google it, you know? You're exactly. So they got to tell... Um, from the set photo. I, I'm surprised the set photo hasn't leaked yet. So, Yeah, there's it, been a ton of set photos of this show. It pops up in my Instagram all the time. There was one that I saw the other day where, like, Bucky's uh, dressed in, like, a suit. Uh, and then Falcon is in, like, this weird, like, a patterned, like, uh, just, like, suit that looks like it's off the rack, like, from, like, a 70s thrift shop or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, there's this great Instagram uh, artist. I can't remember their name. Hopefully I'll try to remember before the next show that they'll do a lot of MCU comics. Um and they had a comic around just a set photo. Usually this person doesn't make comics until like the movie's out and they can make a comic on something that happened within the movie. But these set photos are just so out there that people are uh, already turning it, them into memes. <laughs> is it because that the Marvel name draws more paparazzi? That most TV shows, I think, don't film on a studio. They film you know, where they can get real-life stuff because it's cheaper. Do you think because it's a Marvel name, we're going to see more set photos of all of these across well, the board? Yeah, and also, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, people have listened to Kevin Feige, and he said these are MCU quality things that they're making. So, yeah, I mean, th- I'm not surprised we would see set photos just like we'd see set photos from an MCU film. Yeah, exactly. If they're outside, by God, there's a camera on them somewhere. <laughs> so if that come out, we, we'll talk about it later. But I'm, I'm very intrigued to see who's got a huge visual look that you could just Google what they look like and pull up a, a yeah. character. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, the other production thing, Loki, uh, the Marvel props department is teasing the return of the Loki staff with a little video here on Twitter. Uh, the, the the props guy, Russell Bobbitt, has the actual scepter from the props, and he's like, Loki, I am back in the... Uh, well, I'm trying to remember, uh, when he disappeared with the Tesseract in Endgame, he didn't have the staff with him, right? Because he was already... He was already in cuffs, and they had confiscated. Or did he? I don't remember. No, he, he grabbed no, they, the staff. They, they gave the staff to somebody else in that little shuffle, and then he just took the tesseract and, mm, okay. and disappeared. So, um, it, is he going to do other? Like, is this a, an, an anthology of uh, other stone usage? Because apparently, they you know, he if he is time traveling, he needs the time stone. Um, he's got the space stone. If the staff's coming back, that's the mind stone. What 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 all will he have in his arsenal hmm. uh, when it's all said and done? But in that regard, there are signs pointing to the show getting a second season. Uh, currently, the production company for this is Loki Limbo Productions 1 LLC with the Roman numeral 1 there. And uh, in the, the world of production, that 1 indicates a first chapter. They won't do a 1 if it's a 1 and done kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting because honestly, I would have assumed all of the shows except Loki would get a second season because just the idea of this show and since Loki is, you know, technically dead in the mainline universe, I 
kind of just assumed this was going to be a one and done. This was just Marvel saying, hey, guess what? We know you love Tom Hiddleston. We're going to give you some streaming content so you subscribe to our service. And then now that you're in, we're going to go ahead and move on to all this other stuff. So the fact that there could be a second season is intriguing. You know, are they, are, do they have a story that they want to tell and then they're just going to like split it in the two seasons? Mm-hmm. Uh, because eventually you're, I feel like you're going to run into a wall with Loki because if you keep going too long, you're just perpetuating these alternate timelines that I feel like is going to get too confusing, especially since in a couple years time, you're going to have like 40 movies and then people are going to be like, Oh wait, was that movie or that show in this timeline or a different timeline? They're going to have to nip this well, in the bud eventually. I think, I think they're planning for that again. You know, again, they, they don't do this one off thing at a time. They're not so they're not Sony Mike. Okay. They, they know what to do in long term. <laughs> Um, especially, you know, they can even wing things to make it look better. Like in, in game and infinity war shouldn't have worked as well as they did. Uh, but they did, but you, is this, you know, are they looking to bring Loki back for the Thor movie or something like that? Like, is this something where they're trying to, if they do end up nipping these things in the bud that he somehow manages to bring back into the film uh, world? I hope not. He absolutely, I hope not either, but he needs to stay dead because deaths need to mean something in this universe, especially yeah. if it's going to be a long term. Exactly. So, I, I mean, if he gets a second season, maybe it's just one long journey before he returns back to that one scene in Endgame. And then they just don't do it in the first season, which, you know, how long, how many episodes are these shows? Are they four episodes? Are they six? Are they eight like The Mandalorian? Um, if it's four, you know, hell, two seasons of four episodes really isn't too bad. Yeah, you know, I'll go ahead and make a guess. Maybe this will be like um, a big emotional journey for Loki. Maybe since he has like the Tesseract and he can travel around in space, maybe he also finds a way to travel around in time or whatever. So maybe he travels to the future or he uses some magic and he finds out how he dies and maybe he tries to stop it. Maybe he tries to stop himself from dying. He realizes there's no way he can change Uh that. So he just ends up going back to New York and puts himself back in cuffs because he realizes that's his destiny you know that could that could be a nice kind of nice way to loop it all back around yeah give give him a, another another farewell that meant something because yeah, he said was pretty good he says goodbye to his brother one last time yeah and, and you know if he if he has the ability to you know shapeshift be young i mean he, he pretended he was odin for years right so mm-hmm. what other events is he maybe you know um influenced that we don't know about as well so uh, there's an idea here. Uh, but also, you know, this is um, apparently there are rumblings behind the scene separate to this for that second season. So it looks like they might be trying to milk, you know, Tom Hiddleston for all he has as, as Loki. Well, I think my wife would like to milk Tom Hiddleston for all he has. Uh, you made it weird. Why are you going to make it she, weird? She loves him more than she loves me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, Mike. I, you grow, your, grow your hair out. Yikes. She might like you again. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, more MCU shows on Disney Plus. Moon Knight, uh, I told you this earlier this week, has hired Bo DeMeo, who is a writer for shows such as The Witcher and The Originals, for the first screenwriter for this uh, for this project here. <laughs> well, I think this goes to show you: if you want to get a job at Disney, first get a job at Netflix because Disney will poach you right afterwards. <laughs> exactly, um, and I think he also worked actually on The Vampire Diaries as well. But I'm like. I don't know if that holds any uh, any weight here, <laughs> um, but you know if, if you know maybe mild spoilers for The Witcher, it does jump around in time, right? You don't mm-hmm. know what you're watching, and that with Moon Knight having multiple personalities in his head, are they going to be join- jumping around multiple plot lines, a la like Pulp Fiction kind of thing? And you don't know which personality is doing what at what point in time, kind of thing for this show. 
You know, it, it is kind of nice to uh, see when these TV shows get writer's news. Uh, it, you know, it pops up on the internet because most of the time with movies, like the writers are kind of like second fiddle because once yeah. the director steps in, it's really his script and he's going to do whatever he wants with it and the studio <laughs> and lots I'm, of rewrites. But like when it comes to like a streaming service, like the writer is king. So yeah. it's kind of cool to see that these people are kind of getting their big, uh, their big fanfare, their parades. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, you know, I've not heard. I've hardly heard any complaints about The Witcher. I've heard, like, minor complaints, right? So, I've oddly heard some complaints, which is strange. Like, I'm glad I watched The Wicker... The, not The Wicker. The, the Wicker Man. The uh, the Witcher and a little bit of a vacuum. I just watched it all, and I was like, wow, that was fun. I'm looking forward to season two. And then when I went to the internet, I just saw some people that really did not dig it that much. And I was like, wow, really? I had a good time. And then... Uh, but if you're a Witcher apologist out there, you know, I've heard some people say that the first season was mainly adapted on a bunch of short stories, and there's a good chance the second season will actually actually be adapting one kind of book, so one a little bit more solid narrative. So, I don't know. Yeah. Here, uh, Either way, I, he, was, he was tasked with writing a, a script, a, one of the episodes, so mm. of a show we enjoy. I think I think that's you know a good a good walk away. Did you, um, uh, <laughs> we we're, we are now officially turning this Moon Knight segment into a Witcher segment. Okay. Uh, did you see that the Netflix put out some numbers uh, for the Witcher? No, but was, I saw they're doing an anime series. We might oh, talk about that last week. Yeah, we, I think we mentioned that. But uh, I think they said 70, uh-huh. I want to say 73 million households uh, watched the Witcher. Uh, but the bigger part of that story um was that they've changed their metric at Netflix in-house to be after if you've watched at least two minutes of anything, they're counting that as a whole view. So if you watch two minutes of The Witcher, the first episode, they're counting that 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 you have watched the entire series of The Witcher, which is, um, I think, very disingenuous. The entire series, not just the episode? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what they're saying. Uh, I mean, obviously... Obviously, de- you, that is desperation at yeah, its finest, Mike. It, if you look into the numbers, obvi- it's obvious that you know not that's not what has finished. But they said that changing this metric increases their views about thirty five percent. So they're oddly being very transparent about fudging these numbers. But then they defended themselves by saying, "Oh, these are very similar metrics that you know other people use, like YouTube or like the New York Times." And I was just thinking, well, those are two totally different platforms. So I don't think you should be using those metrics, Netflix. But yeah. I thought that was a pretty hilarious. Well, in my and, job, and it, I count someone who clicks on my website as a conversion. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, it's just they. Like, they Jesus. should they should change it from views to like impressions because they said we believe that after 2 minutes we've kind of ruled out the people that may have clicked on the witcher as a mistake. If you've watched something for 2 minutes it seems like you have committed to the choice. So I guess that they're saying that they're hopeful that in the future if you've watched the first 2 minutes you'll eventually come back oh around God. to watch it but uh I, this ar- this I, art- I will personally tell you I clicked <laughs> on something on accident and been on my phone for 5 minutes before I oh, realized yeah, what I was Oh yeah yeah no I totally agree but i thought it was interesting to the point where somebody mentioned after this article came out that that op- that cold open of the first episode of the witcher is just about two minutes long so get prepared for your netflix series to punch you in the face 
those first two minutes to try to get you to hold on after that. But they, it seems like they don't give a shit if you fall after two minutes because oh, that's Lord. their view. So that basically, there you go. Be careful when you start to see Netflix numbers published put, now. Put a timer on your phone for one minute and 30 seconds so you can stop <laughs> uh, before you do that. Yeah, but there you go. There's your Moon Knight segment. <laughs> there you go, exactly. Falls into something else. Let's talk She-Hulk, Mike. She-Hulk is slated to begin production in July of this year. Ooh, okay. Let's I'm put, looking forward to uh, set shots with dots on people's bodies. I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling full body paint green. I mean, they got to get Beyonce for this. You saw that Super Bowl <laughs> halftime picture where they painted yeah. like She-Hulk. Uh, but in that note, you know, a lot of these shows, I mean, that were announced at Comic Con and D twenty three, look to be airing in the twenty 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 one, possibly early twenty twenty two range, with all this all this production. Um, I did talk to someone else this week. The production times for these shows are probably well ahead of their actual premiere, because the problem with television shows. You know, doing the full seasons, you can't time up a show with a movie, right? Like, it's very hard to do that. Um, but since these shows are timing up with movies, if they get the production done well ahead of time, they can then put it exactly where they need it to do, go later rather mm. than putting it on the air as soon as it's done. Yeah, but, the, the the big problem with that moving forward is if you want to make a second season, then you have to get all of these people back on board again, and you have a lot of puzzle pieces. But, so, But Disney has the money to pay them well. It, exactly, and, and there's probably clauses and all this, but like a lot of these people are going to the movies, so they'll get out of a, a probably a TV shoot and go right to a movie shoot, and then back to a TV shoot. You know, Your life is now owned by Disney at this point. Um, <laughs> but in that regards, the character Jennifer Walters, uh, again, my casting is still Beyonce, uh, the casting should be imminent if they're starting production literally in July of this year. Mm-hmm. The thought process is this will be produ- in production the same time Spider-Man 3 will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is she the lawyer for Peter Parker um, wow. because of his fallout from Far From Home? I mean, that would be pretty. That would be a very intricate thing to weave because you got that means Sony is involved in some way. So, not saying that they couldn't pull it off, but there's a lot of strings moving. If they could, that would be really crazy. But I'm just preparing everybody out there when they announce the casting for She-Hulk, just put your troll keyboards away and don't freak out. We were all very concerned when Gal Gadot was cast as Wonder Woman, just because when you think of Wonder Woman, you kind of think of gigantic Amazon, and you really couldn't get that from just looking at what Gal Gadot has done in the past, but we all now will admit she is an amazing Wonder Woman, so whoever they announce to be She-Hulk, just chill out and wait. They're going to be putting CG all over her because she's a green monster. Just chill out. Well, that's my that's the chill vibes. 2020 is for chill vibes, people. I, I don't know. Mark Ruffalo looks exactly like the Hulk, you know, in real life. <laughs> as well so i'm kidding <laughs> so yeah i mean they're gonna be doing stuff with this so i mean and it, jennifer walters has to be played by a woman for fuck's sake i mean people get off the internet that's what, <laughs> those people gotta get off the internet but that's not all mike disney plus may be hiding some more shows from us that they're working on in the backgrounds here <gasps> sneaky sneaky there are two more future mcu shows in the works for the streaming service according to a very reputable source um, always check your sources, people. Don't go by just what the <laughs> internet says. Uh, these people have also reported on other stuff, like when Quicksilver died in Age of Ultron, stuff like that. Very, very good track record. One of them is the Secret Invasion TV show. Mm, based, all right, based on the comic series, and that's when the scrolls 
dress up as humans and take over like the the superhero roles, right? Now, now, I mean, I could that actually makes sense because I think that's probably one of people's favorite things from the Captain Marvel movie was Talos. I think they really, uh, they really loved his character and especially the cameos that you saw him later on in the MCU. So yeah, maybe him leading a movie that would be, I mean, a, a series that'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely think so. I mean, think of all. I mean, my favorite thing would be all the cameos you get in this show, mm-hmm. like, right? Like, oh, it's a, are they a scroll? Are they not a scroll? I don't know. Um, but the theory is that this will tie into Captain Marvel and Spider Man Far From Home. Do you know why it would tie into these? Uh, well, I mean, I, I could make guesses, like because we have seen those characters, we have seen the uh, the the scroll in these properties. I mean, is there a bigger is there a bigger connection there that I'm not seeing? I, well, the other scrolls, yeah, there's scrolls in both of those. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Um, Captain Marvel dealt with scrolls, but then you know the scrolls in Captain Marvel were portrayed to be doing a secret invasion. However, they're good people, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the end of Spider-Man: Far From Home, we have scrolls pretending to be Nick Fury, Maria Hill, but they're also you know Nick Fury's with them out in space. So, are there like a subsect, like a rogue set of scrolls that are doing the invasion, um, or is this like an invasion to be like we're we're is it a good invasion? Like, is it something else we don't know? Is it a play I mean, on this thing? I mean, I, I think this is a really good opportunity to tell a story that's very much in the news and in the world right now where uh, immigration is on the forefront of everybody's uh, kind of political agenda. And you have these literal aliens that are trying to make life on Earth because their home world was destroyed. And, it you know, so I think there's a, there's a lot of social commentary that you could tell in a story like that. And, and, you know, it's a fun flip. I think a lot of people really appreciated how the Skrulls ended up being good guys instead of how they've always been bad guys in the comic books. So that keep that going, obviously. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and also, like, I, I mean, turn, turn it on its head. We know what Secret Invasion is, right? Um, so we don't need to – if we, we know what's coming, why do it? You know, I, I don't see the point in that. I, I really would hate to see something where we predict the ending a mile away. However, the second show, we don't know who it is, but apparently it's based on an A-list MCU character, and they specifically said MCU, and the show was already greenlit. A-list? Now that's saying something. Uh, I I see that you you have a thought here that it could possibly be War Machine. Right, so who who in the Avengers, right, A-list, that's what I'm saying, does not have a show... And what does have a movie coming up? Is War Machine a list? I mean, I'm not trying to knock Don Cheadle here, but she, uh, well, he has <laughs> been in a lot of a lot more movies than most people. The character War Machine. Um, uh-huh. I say a list because ha- how will he deal with the passing of Tony Stark as the only technically Iron Man left? Yeah, I mean, it does make you think because if they're using the term a list, you would think, well, if you're a list, you're getting a movie. Um, so why would you go to a series? Uh, yeah, I mean, Cap's gone, Tony's dead. Uh, we'll probably see the Hulk in um, in the She-Hulk show if he's going to show up at streaming-wise. Uh, I mean, Thor's off doing uh, Love and Thunder. So, yeah, I guess kind of all of your... Well, I guess, is this like uh, Japanese video games where A-list is technically below S-tier? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so War Machine's not, not really the tippy top, but, you know, A-list. But yeah, you I would mean, know a War Machine if you saw it, kind of thing. Yeah, 
and also like uh, there's uh, there's probably a lot of craving for more mechanical suits in the MCU because now that Tony's dead, who else is there to pick up the the literal pieces of armor? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and how do we? Like, Spider Man has dealt with the fall of Iron Man, but like that was like I, I didn't I didn't like yeah. it as much. So like, yeah, I'm I'm honestly just trying to think of characters that are left. The only thing that's I'm possibly grasping at is maybe a space character but then i feel like they're still be tied up in the guard like a rocket and groot show Mm -hmm. that would be really cool uh but i mean james gunn would obviously have to be involved there again maybe maybe the report here's is an a-list actor who played in the mcu oh okay maybe don Cheadle. yeah yeah that's why i put that i mean hell who knows there's no indication on who it is Mm mm-hmm but you know all the machinations behind the scenes. But you know, the thought, TV shows the, are moving. the thought process really leads you down the road of yeah, everybody is tied up in something else right now. Like War Machine is really the only one that's not connected right now. Yeah, and I mean honestly, he he, he got a lot of scene time in in game. But I want to see his suits, man. He's got some of the best suits because uh-huh. uh, they're just violent violent suits. <laughs> um, and and how does he live? You know he. he what does his life look after Tony Stark? You know, I don't care about Pepper Potts. Nobody. How are him. his legs? Yeah. <laughs> what are, what are his legs up to? <laughs> yeah. Is is he the Joe Swanson uh, from Family Guy? <laughs> oh <this>? gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll report on that more. Uh, I just added this back in the notes because I totally forgot about this because it feels like it was forever ago. Captain Marvel two sequels in the works. Hey, uh, not surprised. Eyeing for a twenty twenty two release. Uh, currently, they have the WandaVision writer Megan McDonald signed on for the film, uh, and the original directors will not be returning at this time. They're saying they're looking for just a single female director instead of a duo of male female director for this one. Man, I am so uh, like I I feel like a uh, Comic Con last year was a million years away, and I'm just trying to remember what is supposed to be in this next phase of the MCU because we thought it was all buttoned up, and now they're announcing all this other stuff. So, is Captain Marvel technically supposed to be in the next? Okay, Phase Five. So we're talking Blade Phase. This is this is Blade and Black Panther Two Phase. Okay. Um, you know, we talked about it, 2022 has Black Panther in the May slot. Is this another February? Is this the February slot going to mm-hmm. to this? The, these these are the these are the two things I want out of a Captain Marvel sequel. Lay I want I want to get to know uh, Brie Larson's character better because I feel like uh, I feel like she didn't really have a whole lot going on in her own movie. She was just trying to get from point A to point B. Uh, she, she didn't even supposed- know who she was. Like yeah, that, she, that hindered that, it. Yeah, so we never really got to know the character, and she she only really cameoed in Endgame. She didn't have a whole lot going right. on, so I got to know more about her. What makes her tick? Why does she get up in the morning? I mean, obviously she's a hero, so everybody's trying to save the day, but you know, I got to know more about Carol Danvers. And um, uh, number two is I need some more definitive limits on what her powers are because, I mean, she was flying around, blowing up whole spaceships. She nearly just punched she nearly defeated Thanos just with a couple of punches. So it seems like she's got no upper limit. So maybe if we could get some sort of like, you know, some sort of just scope well, of how strong she is. If I was know? a betting man, the next movie is going to be about taking her powers away. And how does she handle that? Like, oh, yeah, maybe the, the, now we have two options here. I want to get your opinion. We have an opportunity to tell the story between 1990 and 2018. The 2000s, mm-hmm. essentially, where we didn't, where was she out in space the whole time? Then we also have the opportunity to go forward, you know, in game between Infinity War and you know, in game and beyond. 
um, where she was out literally out in space again. I don't think we're going to see her on Earth at all. It's going to be all space for mm-hmm. Captain Marvel going I'm, I, Like I've said before on the show, I'm always a proponent of going uh, forward. So, yeah. I mean, the flashbacks are always fine, but forward, forward, forward. There's, there, I, there's so much stuff that's still left to explore. What does the earth look like after the blip? You know, mm-hmm. we got a little bit of that in Spider-Man, but yeah, keep it going. What How does, do the, other what pl- does How- the space worlds look like after the blip? Because even guardians three has no release date right now. Yeah. Who knows? There could have been some sort of, uh, intergalactic, um, federation or force. Okay. Star Trek. Gru- calm down. <laughs> or group of people that ha- were protecting something. And then half of them got disappeared and whatever they were guarding got loose or got out of control. And maybe she's controlling stuff like that. Maybe this is where you put in, uh, Nova, the Ooh. last, the last police corps thing. And she's out there trying to help him. I think um, I think it was the art. I think it's uh, one of the MCU concept artists, Andy Park, or maybe it was one of the other ones. Put up some concept sketches of some hair options for uh-huh. Carol in her first movie. Yeah, and there were some crazy. There were some crazy options that they could have gone with. So uh, uh, yeah, go follow some Marvel well, concept artists. They put some really cool stuff out. I think the only thing to to walk away from this is in Wandavision. It is con- confirmed that. Um, the Carol Danvers' friend, her daughter, the little, little girl in mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, is in WandaVision as an adult, Monica Rambeau. Mm-hmm. So if Megan McDonnell from WandaVision is writing this, I think we're going to see this character possibly take on her 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 name as Spectrum, um, or have her abilities in Captain Marvel too, mm. and be part of this. So well, I I mean I saw obviously uh, were, were people that are on the internet and that were looking <laughs> at other people's opinions. I hope so. Uh, I I saw some uh, I saw some people out there uh, postulating that maybe we could introduce characters like Rogue in Captain Marvel's movie and maybe we could get a proper flying rogue from the X-Men uh-huh. and who knows maybe by 2022 mutants will have been introduced I don't know we'll have to see how well, that happens it'd be very but, close I think I think you put Avengers versus X-Men is how you get her because they were fighting when she sold mm-hmm. her powers but that did uh, that did remind me that we do finally have the opportunity to have a like a classic flying X Men rogue. rogue in yeah. the MCU now that uh, Captain Marvel exists. Yeah, we have a lot a lot of opportunities for X Men that actually are X Men mm-hmm. in their proper costumes. Yeah, yeah. In in terms of pop vinyl world, they just announced the very first Rogue pops at Toy Fair this week. So oh, if you're a big fan cool. of that character, pick that up. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness probably has the coolest name of any Phase 4 movie out there. I'm just going to lay it down, right? It's a cool name. (laughs) I I really like it. And a brief synopsis has uh, popped online for casting uh, right now. Mm -hmm. And it says, Doctor Stephen Strange continues his research on the Time Stone. Put a flag there. Okay. But an old friend turned enemy seeks to destroy every sorcerer on Earth. Well, we know who that is. (laughs) Messing with Strange's plan and also causing him to unleash an unspeakable evil <laughs> yeah this was a question i've had for such a long time of what the hell has mordo uh been yeah. up to like he wanted to destroy all these sorcerers and then he has to have known that you know the blip if if we're calling it that has happened so like Did, does that just make him, of it does that just make him even angrier that yeah. it's just like oh this is what happens if the powers of the universe aren't on check well, like we could literally use half of the lose half of the universe if people don't control these otherworldly powers better well and also he'll he, he'll probably find out that dr strange gave thanos the time stone mm-hmm. that he was protecting with magic to cause the blip 
Like yeah. that, that bit of information will definitely leak to this dude at some point. Yes. Yeah, so now I'm just kind of curious, what is the multiverse in the MCU? H- has it been created yet? Have we seen it in some way? We have I mean, in Doctor Strange. Yeah, but w- those were like mirror dimensions, though. But, that, but those, that, are, those that... are still multiverses. We haven't dove into like the opportunity of like, hey, here's an alternate Tony Stark with a goatee, without a goatee who's evil. Yeah, th- that's what I'm kind of curious. Like, is the multiverse just this unique pocket thing that sorcerers can do? I mean, the, the mirror dimension. Is this a unique thing that sorcerers can do and it's not technically in the category of multiverse? I'm just, yeah, like you said, I'm curious. Are they going to go to another dimension and see Tony Stark yeah. with an evil mustache? You know, are they going to see other versions of Captain? in America where, you know, he works for, oh. like, the Russians instead of America. You know, are we going to see that? Or are, when we're thinking multiverse, are we? is it going to be more abstract? Right. You know, is it is it going to be like they're, um, like they're going to the quantum dimension and there's just weird stuff floating around? More kind of Jack Kirby weird nonsense um, that's right. just floating around and- in the world. Or maybe, like, I mean, we just, I just watched the whole Crisis crossover, so maybe they go to another multiverse and they just pull a vision out of there and maybe that's how vision is alive or maybe there's they just go to a multiverse like who knows because they kind of already did that scheme with time travel hey we need more time stones let's go back in time and get more time stones can you go to a, another multiverse and grab another vision you know well, like <laughs> like what's happening but then you talk about you know, we talked earlier in the show you know death has to mean something i don't think they'll do that i don't think they'll go mm-hmm. pull characters out of other timelines because that's essentially that's exactly the same thing I said with Loki. I think you know we're going to see an opportunity for multiple versions. I would like to see a cinematic version of the Ultimate Universe. You know this. I'm I'm a big fan of that. But also, you know, we had Dormammu and he came from his dark universe where it was just darkness and yeah. weird planets. So and yeah, that stuff. that's what I need clarification on. Like I need to listen to like the director's commentary. Like when they t- when they talk about the area Doctor Strange goes to to fight. Um, Dormammu. Oh, uh, Dormammu is that technically a multiverse or is that just like another pocket that you right. travel into is that well, like hell or you know a, whatever an, an opportunity <laughs> here is is both for X-Men because we I think did we talk about Nightcrawler pops in the alternate dimensions as he teleports yeah, yeah that's and then, true and then also the negative zone is another universe for the Fantastic Four mm-hmm. with, with Annihilus and stuff like that so we have opportunities to expand on that as we kind of go forward but with this there are two characters supposedly who are going to be introduced. One of them is a character called Brother Voodoo. Uh, okay. He was actually uh, an ally to Sorcerer Supreme and the Doctor Strange, and he was a Sorcerer Supreme himself. So um, he he's known for for being. I think he's he had a brother uh, who died, but I, I forget his name. But like he I is known he, for being a magician. I hope he has a Cajun accent because when I think voodoo, I think of uh, Cajun country, and we didn't we didn't get our uh, we didn't get our gambit, so we got to get our Cajun accent somewhere, well, right? He is um he is I think he's from Africa. If I was a betting person, actually, I think I think that's like an African shaman kind of thing is, is what what he is uh, for that, and then also the character of Miss America, um, who is a character from alternate another alternate dimension, and she has the power to alternate, but. To hop between dimensions. That's her ability. Doesn't um, is it Captain Britain? Doesn't he also have that ability? He he does sometimes, but not as Miss America's more freeform in her uh, dimension hopping. Um, mm. She opens like these star shaped portals and can like jump through them. Okay. Um, she's also rumored to be the sidekick to Strange as he goes from dimension to dimension to stop this whatever unspeakable evil is. Have we ever seen um, uh, what was it, Amy? 
Amy Adams. Who played Doctor Strange's love interest? That was Rachel the McAdams. Other, Rachel McAdams. That's right. Have we ever seen her outside of the first Doctor Strange movie? Not that um, I love. No. I'm just trying to remember if she cameoed somewhere or something like that. I wonder if she'll pop back up in any in any in any way. They need to. She's not done anything lately. She needs she needs some money. She'll pop up for Marvel money. <laughs> so Doctor Strange looks like it's going to be opening up. You know, again, a, a world of new characters, if you will, and characters from another world. So. Uh, no director yet, but we'll see how this one plays out. Looks like they're moving moving along pretty pretty quickly for it, though. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan, the show, has gone through the worst set of news this week I've ever heard because people don't <laughs> check their sources and what it means. So, number one, production start has been delayed till the first of next year. That does not delay the show's release. Do you know why, Mike? Uh, tell me, Chris. Because we didn't have a show release date. Nobody knows when the show's <laughs> coming out, so how can you re- delay a show... If there's no release date. The secondly, Ewan McGregor says there is no delay in the start date. It's just literally the rewriting scripts. Like he's mm-hmm. doing his uh, Birds of Prey uh, thing right now. And they're asking him about you know, the Obi-Wan show, of course. Because you can't just ask him about the movie they're in right now. You have to ask him about their next project. Uh, but apparently they're rewriting scripts to do more work on them post-episode 9. And he says the scripts will be even better. There's no creative differences bullshit. He used the phrase, creative differences bullshit. So... Um, <laughs> Does this... really, he he's yeah he really understands uh the the Hollywood language out there he's really he's really cutting through uh he's cutting through the crap <laughs> yeah so he's probably on Reddit seeing all this stupid shit and he's like I don't care <laughs> I love the idea of him on Reddit that's just yeah. great <laughs> exactly so I mean does this affect I mean because we know this we read this all the time does delaying a show's start production date to rewrite scripts bother you or does you're just like maybe that's better. No, because it's in such an early phase. I don't start to get concerned until production has already started because then the wheels had started to turn and it's just like, okay, well, if you're going to if you're gonna apply the brakes on this project, it better be kind of worth it. You know, how bad yeah. are these scripts to begin with? And also, scripts get approved before production starts. So it's kind of like, well, why didn't you see this to begin with? So yeah, nothing has really started here. They're still in the writing phase. They're all in writer's <laughs> rooms. So it's it's all right. <laughs> they have to do the Cassian Andor show first, even, and I don't even think they've started writing that. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, so I, I there's nothing here bad news other than the fact, hey, if they want to rework the scripts, fine, let them rework it. I don't think Ewan McGregor is going to do a bad Star Wars show. Like mm-hmm. he he reads the best part about any of those movies, Mike, and you know it the the prequels. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I would imagine if he's on Reddit, he probably um, he probably subscribes to uh, prequel memes. He probably yeah. makes his own. He's probably got some of the top posts of all time on prequel. Memes. His, his memes are so <laughs> leet right now. Oh uh, yeah. But uh, I will tell you what. I will tell you the next topic. I thought you and McGregor was voicing his own character in the Clone War show. It's so <laughs> really? so spot on. It's so spot on. Like right. It's like, pretty. It's pretty close, but I, I never thought it was Ewan McGregor. Yeah. But it is close. Yeah. Well, they they do do it so well. And then for the Clone Wars, the trailer for the final season, they say the final season on it debuted. Mike has not watched it because he's watching the show right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a poster showcasing the character highlights. Did you take a look at the poster at least? Just to... uh, uh, let me take a look at the poster uh, just for the posterity of having things to talk about in the show right now. Yeah. Um. All right, yeah, nothing too much to take away because I'm, I'm not too far into the series. I'm kind of just getting into yeah. the meat of season one. It looks like Anakin's character model is a little different. They, um, he's 
they do he's change got, the models over the seasons to reflect time passage, which is yeah, great. And I'm I'm definitely still in young Ahsoka range, so this is she's very much a a, a woman in this poster for sure. Uh, looks like we got some sort of female curvature stormtrooper here on that, the right hand side. That's a Mandalorian. Oh yeah, that is a man. It's like a Mandalorian helmet, but also kind of looks like stormtrooper esque armor. Got some sort of buffed out stormtroopers on this side. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know exactly what to take away from this, but this will be interesting. Um, I, I can I'm averaging roughly about ten episodes a week, so if we got about two weeks per season, there's how many seasons of this show? Uh, Four, six, five. So in uh, the six, in the six of the half order. So yeah, so I I don't know if I'm gonna catch up quite in time. Uh, when the final season airs, but you know I'll be within the zeitgeist uh, yeah. when I get around to it. Uh, uh, I'm I'm following the the chronological timeline that the Star Wars website has listed for watching these shows in chronological order, and I was going to ask you, these are so out of order chronologically. Now I get it that it makes for some of these episodes, it's just like okay, we're making a show about Star Wars. Okay, we're in like season two. Let's do like a flashback episode of how of how these clone troopers kind of banded together. Uh-huh. You know that makes sense. You know you kind of put that forward chronologically in the timeline just because it's happening beforehand. You don't really have to watch that ahead of time to understand what's going on. But it feels like some of these shows are just totally out of order. Like it, like it seemed like somebody hit shuffle on one of the seasons, and it's just like oh well. Let's just see what happens. So, well, I watched this live. I mean, I remember watching this every Friday night uh, when it when it came out. And the the reason behind a lot of that is um, the show was kind of posted as like an anthology kind of show where you get like two to three burst arcs, right? Mm-hmm. And that you've probably noticed, like you get three, two episode yeah, arcs or three yeah. episode arcs. Yeah, it feels it feels a little bit of uh, Justice League, the animated series with uh, these arcs. Yeah, and a lot of them carry forward. But what the problem was later on they started getting some show some episodes done sooner than others and rather than delaying the whole show they would just move them around that's so weird <laughs> um so you get a, a little so they do have some flashback episodes but i think you mentioned it season three they just start going wonky they, they they're all out of order like um yeah, it like, episode, with like 305 instead of yeah, the, the the season finale of season one you're supposed to watch after episode eight of season three. Yeah, and then like you don't even start season three on the first episode. Like, where is so, three hundred one? Was like at the beginning. At the beginning. So yeah, it's a uh, basically I have to check my phone before every episode well, starts. <laughs> I will tell you, and that's smart because I'm watching them in order, and I got to the last episode of season one. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is great. I remember this, and then the next one's like. Wait, this isn't where that one left off. What's going on here? <laughs> um, because it just kind of felt out of nowhere. So, but I mean, I totally see them like just shuffling these rounds. They they went along because it's an anthology show. But I think season three is the worst offender. Everything else seems to be pretty much in yeah in order. I mean, uh, I I've kind of been giving you uh, daily updates as I make it through the show. But I have to say, I'm pretty impressed with the mature themes. They like actually take their time and just have like political conversations about like trade routes and stuff in this show which is usually considered a big no-no for children's entertainment but you know this is slightly older i think if i remember uh, older demo i if i remember right when this was airing i want to say this was one of the last shows on cartoon network night before it transitioned into adult swim I don't know if you. Uh, if it, you it was Friday night. It. it was I mean, it was Friday nights at like eight or nine o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So they were they were going for an older demo. So I'm impressed by some of the older themes that they're telling. Uh, they're allowed to use the word kill and death 
oh, in they, the right and, and in they, the right circumstances. Yeah, like they like the bad guy won't say like, "Oh, I'm going to kill you," but they'll say something along the lines of like, "Oh, the enemy's coming, and uh, there are are." Our 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 friends might die on this ship or something yeah. like that. You know, they'll you usually in, in cartoon shows they'll never. And, so and you're only early on in season one. It gets so much darker from here. Mm-hmm. Like that's the best part about it. Like this, like war is hell, and this show shows you through <laughs> through and through. Very true. Very much so. And one of the I mean greatest Star Wars games ever. To I mean doesn't really I don't know if it deals with war so much, but it is Knights of the Old Republic, the old old Star Wars stuff, right? Um, and you said we talked about the top show. You haven't played it yet. No, but I've done I've done some deep dives on it just because uh, for a while we had the plan that the Game of Thrones showrunners were supposed to be making this new uh, this new uh, franchise around the Knights of the Old Republic. If it if it never got confirmed, it was very heavily rumored to go in that direction. So I went on YouTube and I was watching like the cinematics. I was watching story wrap ups. Apparently, it get it seems like it gets really crazy. Um, but I know a lot of people really love that era. Mm of star wars yeah I've, I've tried i played the first one i think you know when i had an xbox and it was very i had some sort of glitch that prevented me from doing anything with it and i i didn't care for it so much i tried to play it again on the ipad and i just with so many other games in the world I, I i couldn't go back to it but the rumor is that they are remaking the knights of the old republic games and they could be on the way pretty soon as early as you know later this year is this supposed to be like a remaster or are they just making a sequel? And so it's or... supposed to be a remaster slash remake um, that they would combine Knights of the Old Republic and its sequel, The Sith Lords, into one game, but also maybe put in some new elements or take some elements out to make sure that this game, certain things of these games tie into Star Wars canon in the long run. Because earlier they, they're not considered canonical at this current time when Disney did the, the great purge of 20, whatever it was, <laughs> the can, the Canon purge. Yeah. Of, of, uh, you know, the other stuff. So if that's true, I mean, I've heard some of these characters names in these m- more recent movies, like the, I think it was like the Revan statue of Revan, I think is in the, the most recent star Wars and stuff like that. So I think these characters are also even in the clone Wars. So if they want to bring them forward and make them work, they need to make one game that's very like definitive, like, yes, this stuff happened and this is in the universe as a whole. Um, while also making the graphics look way better than 2003, 2004. Um, I'm really surprised they were able to do a sequel in just a year. I didn't think, I didn't think the Sith Lords was just a year difference. I thought it was two years, but it's a whole year in between the games. So impressive hmm. Bioware. Impressive. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, finishing Uncharted four as I slowly make my way through it. I'm towards the end because next up is the, um, is uh, what's the newest Star Wars game? I already forgot the name of it. The it's Fallen on, Order. Yeah, there you go. The ca- the the game case is on top of my PlayStation. It's uh, it's the next one up. Can't wait to do it, Mike. That's a good one. You have to let me know how that goes. Last week we talked about the Batman filming and Colin Farrell with his white hair, but apparently Colin Farrell's not even filming, and the white hair was something he just does wild after filming another project oh no i think last week when we talked about his picture we were just like it looks like he's getting a little bit more rotund for the filming of penguin oh no colin i hope you don't listen to this podcast i didn't mean to insult oh no you're not the only one (laughs) apparently a lot of people were so like the reporting from him was he's like normally after the to celebrate the wrapping of a shoot he does something drastic like dye his hair or like gets like a I don't know if it's like a temporary tattoo or something eat, wild. Eat a lot of donuts. <laughs> but apparently he was just walking. And that was like his day clothes. Like, I mean, oh I, my gosh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it reminds me of, um, 
uh, I'm sure you saw that uh, Kumail was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel the other night, and uh, Kimmel fed him pizza because since Kumail got abs for the Eternals, uh, he hadn't eaten any food. So he was talking about one of the worst things when his uh, photo, when he put his photo out online, was so many people were like, oh my God, he looks so good now. And then they would do comparisons of how he used to look. And he's like, oh, he looks so much better than he used to look. And he's just like, that's how I looked my entire life before I got abs. Are you saying I looked like crap for yeah. my entirety of my life till I got abs? So it seems to be reverse uh, with Colin Farrell. Over I, there. And I, I I'm not going to say anything about the way he looks because if that's the way he wants to look, that's the way he wants to look. But he doesn't start production on the Batman for another two weeks. Oh, okay. So, so he could still be preparing. You yeah. know, they, this still could be for part of the role. It could also just be a very bad camera shot. Who, yeah. who knows? But the white hair apparently is not for the role. It was just a. Uh, um, maybe it's just not the right shade of yeah. white. I'm sh- maybe he'll, there will indeed be some white in his hair, just not I, for. Uh, I, well, I saw some set photos of the Batman, and there's a guy with white hair standing there, and they think it's the Penguin, but it's like is that like a stand-in for him? Maybe. Was that oh, supposed to be a stand-in? Maybe. Just not it could be. Yet? They're like, hey, Jeremy, yeah, you you went gray very early in life. Come over here and stand here. Yeah, so I, I don't know what, that's, what that looks like. But we'll, we'll probably see more in about a month of what's going on with the, the Batman. Now that it's actually in production. Yeah. DC properties that I don't think will ever get produced include Justice League Dark, but apparently there are both TV and film projects in works WB for Justice League Dark <laughs> in conjunction with J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Company. Oh my it's like a partnership with him now. It makes you wonder if DC's going to go down the wrong path again because they wanted what they wanted what Marvel had, so they decided to jump the gun and get to these uh, team up movies before they were ever earned in their cinematic universe, and it didn't go well. So is this what's going to be happening with HBO Max? We got to sell this streaming service. We need our own TV projects with premium characters. We need to get those on the screen as soon as possible so we can compete with Disney Plus. I just don't want them to take the wrong lessons. You kind of it feels like you have to earn your way to the TV cinematic universe, you know, just like with everything well, else. You got to make us love these characters before we want to watch their kind of their sidekicks get their own streaming I, service. I think I think you're taking it the wrong way. I think there is going to just be a Justice League Dark movie and it's not going to be a build-up movie. Like, it's just going to be the movie with the horror characters like uh, Zatanna and Constantine and uh, what was the other one? Like, uh, I want to say Werewolf by Night but that's the other one. It's the Etrigan, the demon. I think it's going to jump right into it and then possibly split off from there. Like the, the yeah. reverse Avengers effect, if <laughs> Maybe. you will. Uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are really happy with J.J. Abrams right now, so anything he does will probably be Embrace with open arms and love. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you, that it says TV and film projects yep. just because we are getting the Berlanti Green Lantern show. So now that's when things could get confusing for an audience where I'm sitting down in front of HBO Max. I'm looking at their category of superhero stuff or I'm under their category of HBO Max originals. And I was like, oh, cool. Here's a Green Lantern show. It's like, oh, here's a Zatanna show. But Zatanna is actually spun off of the broader DC cinematic universe and Green Lantern's more connected to the TV stuff. So there's going to be a lot more crossover within this app. And I think it could start to get confusing. I think it's only confusing if you think about it. I mean, DC, I mean CW's been doing this for years. Supergirl was on CBS and now yeah, it's on CW. It, they, they, they're on the same world. But it's always been isolated 
in some in some way, and it's always looked like a TV show. I still feel like this Greg Berlanti Green Lantern show, even if they even if they do their best, it's still gonna feel like a TV show. Like if they're trying to do something really high budget, um, it's just gonna look different. So right, but uh, I mean, I, I mean. I, I think this whole confusing. I, I don't think anything's going to be as confusing as you make it. I, I, th- I don't think the average person is as stupid as to think. Why is Superman not teaming up with <laughs> Captain America? Kind of thing. I, think- I have had somebody look at me in the face in real life and said, "I can't wait for the Flash to team up with Spider Man." And they were a hundred percent sincere, and they were talking about Grant Gustin's CW, The Flash. So not only were they mixing DC and Marvel, but they were mixing TV property and a premium movie property. So I know for a fact there are people out there well, I, like that. <laughs> there are a small percentage, but I mean, I do. I work with a lot of people who don't watch these movies and don't, you know, give a shit about this stuff like I do. But like, they even know, like, yeah, I know this isn't really related to that. And like, the Flash was in the Superman thing, and I think it's even more confusing after the end of, of Crisis. If I could be completely honest, to put um, Gustin in with uh, what's his name, the the movie with, uh, version, Ezra Miller. I, yeah. Well, we know one thing at the end of the day. No matter what, they will do whatever gets them the most money. So expect a, uh, a spinoff of an Aquaman TV show like a Mera TV show because Aquaman made a lot of money. So let's see if we can get people to subscribe to HBO Max with a Mera show. Well, they haven't done that with Wonder Woman yet. Well, I mean, this is all in the infancy. Yeah. I mean, I, I would not be surprised if Patty Jenkins has sat down with HBO Max in just a very just a broad sense of just like, hey, if you wanted to make a TV series, we'd be open for it. So just, hey, if you want to come over here, yeah. we'll give you the money. Except she said she's not doing any more Wonder Woman after the next one. So we'll see. We'll see how many bridges have been burned on that, that note. <laughs> but either way. J.J. Abrams wants to work in Justice League Dark. Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Is it HBO Max? Is it something else? Because Warner Brothers is notorious for putting their properties on other TV networks, right? Mm-hmm. So um, where, where does that where does that live? And lastly, the new Netflix show Lock and Key is apparently already working. Season 2 is already being written for Netflix, but the, the season 2 has not been greenlit for Netflix yet. So I don't know. Are they getting antsy? <laughs> are they getting excited? I they think they're going to well, get that green light because Netflix is like, yeah, we'll give any, anything two seasons. Yeah, it, that that seems to be what it is. It's just like we're hearing some good spin. We're hearing some good buzz out there. This is already an established IP, so there's an audience built in. Um, I would I would wager to say that the executives that are in charge of content at Netflix are very smart. They even though some of my some shows that I really like have been canceled at Netflix, they've been very good at greenlighting things that are very successful. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's people over there that have watched season one and go, "This is really good. People are going to like this. We might as well kick season two off so it can come out in 2021 and we can keep this ball rolling." Well, my concern is. And, you know, we talked about The Witcher earlier. The Witcher ends really on nothing, right? Like, that show ends with season two hanging, wanting season two, right? Like, there's Mm -hmm. no end to that. So, will they take this show and have they made the end a non-ending to tie into a second season? Hmm. Like, I want a show that stands on its own. Like, again, you know, we may not, like, Umbrella Academy may be a bad example, but the ending of Umbrella Academy felt pretty good because they time-traveled, right? And if they never had another thing, that's fine. Whatever. But at least had a, an ending, and it wasn't like setting up the next season immediately. Yeah, that is, that's a big existential question for Netflix in general. If you're lucky enough to get a deal with Netflix and you're able to make a show, 
what do you do? Do you make the decision to kind of wrap it up in a neat little bow, but leave it a little bit open? Uh, or do you just go balls to the wall and say, no, I'm putting a cliffhanger here because Netflix better gave me, give me a second season. This is how TV has always worked. You put a cliffhanger on so people stick around for the second season, and then hopefully somebody nice enough at the studio lets you know when your last season shows up. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's tough out there. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, and Netflix has said, like, if you get one season with us, you're probably going to get two. So do you just plan for one and two and then walk away? And hope mm-hmm. you get three and four like Stranger Things does. Or as as frustrating as it is, sometimes I love cliffhangers. They're just yeah. amazing. It's just it's a thing that TV has always done that movies have kind of just started getting into. Well, like even like and even you get hints at what's happening. Like but like uh, with like post credit scenes. But man, cliffhangers on TV shows ooh so juicy. Well, I think cliffhangers is good, but I think The Witcher ends on a non note. It's like. Here's it's, all your it, people, and then, nah. It, it kind of has a cliffhanger, but not really. It, yeah. It's definitely open-ended, for sure. Right. You can see where it could go after that. But, yeah, it does kind of feel like, okay, yeah, this yeah. could be. Well, either way, bit. the show, apparently, Lock and Key is diverging from the comics, which I shotgunned over the past two weeks. Um, <laughs> but they're working with Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son, um, to, to make sure it's not horribly offensive to the material. And uh, they're shooting for February seventh, twenty twenty, for the show to come out. So that's uh, what two weeks, same same day as uh, Harley Prey, Har- Harley Prey, Harley, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. I I, uh, I still haven't uh, gotten my tickets yet. Are they because, on sale? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I think um, the premiere think, in Mexico just happened this week. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know. The, I, yeah, they're this on is, sale online. Uh, this is going to be one of those uh, movies that I probably check out on like maybe a, a Saturday morning. Just because, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I, it's, I'm not too worried about being spoiled, uh, seeing spoilers for uh, Birds of Prey, so I can wait a day or two on this. Yeah, pretty, uh, we'll cover it, but we're not going to cover it the, the Thursday night for you guys, so <laughs> yeah, go go watch it. Well, Mike, uh, this show has gone way too long for these people. We need to get them on here and on with their, their day, their week. Uh, if people want to know what you're up to, you just put up a new comic yesterday for the first time yeah. in a long time. I saw that. I really enjoyed that. Where can they find you and that stuff at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my aforementioned webcomics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see how those wings are doing in your air fryer for the Super Bowl, where can they yeah. find you? You know I'm going to post pictures of that food. I love some food pictures, man. <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, uh, Valdan87, or you can head over to Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Um, you know, I got a couple of those codes left. For those free movies, Mike, if people want to send me a message, not the main main account, uh, Twitter or Instagram is fine. I'll, I'll give you guys whatever, whoever, first come, first serve, whatever's left. Uh, you can do that. You'll send over to Comic UI. Let, the last weekend in February, first weekend of March is C2E2. Some of you have been reaching out to hang out with me, to see me there. I'm very excited. Let me know. Uh, su- some super fans will be there. I'm excited for that. We'll have a good weekend. Have a good time at that. Uh, Mike, if people know more about our shows, what we do, and where we are, where can they find us at? Well, that's really easy to do. All you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. You can get all of our show notes for everything that we talk about each week and a nice little bulleted list at SuperheroSlate.com. And you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you like to listen to a fine podcast. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and the Gram. And you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Please reach out. Let us know what you're eating for the Super Bowl. What trailers do you think we're going to be seeing there? 
Uh, I mean, that's what we're doing at the Super Bowl. We're there for the commercials and the trailers for sure. Uh, so stay tuned, uh, stay subscribed, and if you're a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend and share the show with a buddy, and you can keep that super fan uh, card validated. I'll come to your house and I'll. We have a special little punch. It's like it, it's in like a, the shape of a. Um, it's in the shape of a movie slate. Punch, punch, punch. If you get if you get eight punches, you get a free bag of chips. Wow, that's that's very generous. Is that like super, a ninety nine cent value? Super fan status. No, these are these are the slightly bigger chips. Like if you turn it over uh, on the nutrition, it says two servings. So oh, damn. yeah, yeah. But I I got I got the solid stuff. And and all all it costs you is to share the show with with a friend. So yeah, I love free, it. Free free bag of chips. There, you heard it. You heard it here first. All right, people. We'll, we'll catch you guys next week. All right. See you later, man. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. We know all these, like, illegal things, Mike, but, yeah, we're still good people. (laughs) Yeah.